sure that uh, <laughs> uh, I don't get in trouble. So. I got you. I got you. Uh, I don't have any uh, any trouble questions, but I'm going to go ahead and start with the show. Um, so, yeah, here we go. Thank you for joining me today, this morning, for the Record Spinner Podcast. I have a very special guest. Today, I am joined by the owner of HR Home Rule Records. Um, and I have some questions around the name, actually, uh, Charvis. And mm-hmm. that's who I'm joined by, Charvis Campbell, uh, the owner and founder uh, of HR Records out in D.C., Washington, D.C. And today, we're going to just talk a little bit about what I'm seeing, trends in the DC vinyl community, your take on that, uh, why why you think uh, DC is such a hot place right now for, for records, and, uh, and your place in all of that, of course. So, so I'm going to go ahead and hop right into it. Again, I'm joined by Charvis Campbell, Home Rule Records. Uh, does that have any, anything to do with the 1973 Home Rule decision, Charvis? So a little bit. So if I can kind of kind of break it down, cool. uh, uh, I, I like to think that there's a, a militant uh, part of me, right? <laughs> uh, I went to Howard University and I was joking with with my wife the other day. Uh, for about 15 years, man, I I, I didn't eat pork, right? I, okay. You know, the only thing I ate was bacon and pepperoni, and 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 even now I tell my wife they're not pork, right? They're, yeah. they're in the special category. So there's something about that Howard experience, right? I went to Howard at a very young age uh, and Howard kind of molded me into, I would argue, the man I am, right? In terms of understanding my history, uh, that, that connection to my people uh, and, and frankly, the importance of, of friendships. Uh, that means a lot to me. And, and so, uh, you know, when, when I, you know, I, I didn't set out, you know, if you asked me 10 years ago or even five years ago, you're going to have a record store. I'd be like, no, man. I mean, I love music, but, but, you know, uh, I'm not in the, that high fidelity like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I got some questions but, around that. Yeah. But clearly it was an opportunity that, that I had to take full advantage of, but, but, but come to the name. Right. So for us that the name was a, a little militant, right. Saying that, you know what, DC needs home rule. DC wants home rule. You know, if you talk to any old head walking up and down the street, uh, they'll tell you something's wrong with the fact that they pay so much money in taxes, uh, and yet the only person they see advocating on their behalf to Congress is Eleanor, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, which which she does a wonderful job, but but something's wrong with that. Yep. Especially if if you're in D.C. and you're working your butt off, and and you look around and you're like something something just doesn't quite make sense, right? Uh, so for us, home rule was a little militant, but but it also. I think had a connection to music, right? So Lloyd McNeil, who's a, a wonderful yes, jazz yes, yes. Uh, artist, uh, I have a few his, of his uh, classic records, man. Yeah. Oh man, he's, he has some amazing records. So uh, he, he's he was born in D.C. I'm not sure if you knew that, uh, but one of his 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 records is called Washington Sweet. Yeah, uh, Washington. Sweet. That's amazing. the one. I have that one. Yeah. Oh man, then you have a couple hundred dollars in your possession. I mean, yeah, that, that's yeah. a beautiful record. Uh, pricey too, yes. in, in rare condition. Uh, nonetheless, the first cut on that album uh, is entitled Home Rule, right? So even Lloyd McNeil uh, back in the you know, mid to late 70s understood that DC needed that political, uh, had political ambitions and needed that political support. Uh, and, and so for us, it's just that, right? It's, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, supporting the history of D.C., the, the love of music, but also realizing that, that if, you know, something's wrong with this, uh, 
uh, inequitable balance that I pay so much money in taxes and yet I don't still get uh, what I deserve. So that's really the bottom line. Uh, we changed to HR, believe it or not. Uh, we got a cease and desist letter uh, about two months in from a now defunct home rules goods store that used to be on 14th Street. Okay. They used to be about 14th and S or R. You know, I've driven by them a million times, walked in a couple of times. Uh, they sold like, uh, you know, home goods, right? So, okay. you know, uh, pillows and, you know, mattresses and stuff like that. Anyway, they sent me a, a cease and assist letter. And, and you know, I, I didn't really challenge it to, to like I probably should, but I'm thinking even then to myself, you're home goods, I'm a record store. There's no way people are going to fuse the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and in fact, in anything, it can only enhance uh, yeah, you, right? Visibility, I mean? yeah. And, and so, uh, but, but his letter was really terse and angry and you're, you're taking my trademark. And, and, and at the time we opened, I, I didn't have the energy or the bandwidth to... to to get one of my attorney friends to go, you know, fight back. And he just said, okay, you know what? Our logo says HR. Uh, I'm not changing the logo. So why don't we just run with HR? Uh, and informally we're known as home rule. Uh, but legally it's, it's, it's HR records. So. I, I like home rule. I like HR as well. Um, I, I do have to, uh, have to ask you, you brought up a little bit and I, I got to go back a little bit. Sure. So please. You're, you're from, dc right you're born no, and no, raised? no 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 okay yeah you know, dc is my second home i came here at 16 to go to howard okay so, so i feel like i grew up in this city i feel like this city's mine it is uh probably more so than new york because you know in new york i feel like i got a shirt with a billion people uh <laughs> but when i get to dc i feel like because of my relationships at howard and because i, I know the city like the back of my hand that that uh you know i, I feel like in, in, in some ways it's much more mine than, than new york so okay Awesome. That's cool. Uh, and I think one of the most interesting things about HR records, and, and this is one of the things that I, I had to have you on to kind of discuss is the lack of black owned record stores mm. in, in the country. Sure. And yeah. so DC has one of the few, I, I think the count as of like 2016, I'm sure it's gone up, but it was like 37 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, they're they're like 30 something. At one that, point someone told me 24. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's it's you know, when you think of for one DC as being chocolate city, right? Yep, you know, yep. you know th that name has stuck with me for a long time. Even parliament, right? You you think back to the parliament album Chocolate City and you see the capital. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh on, on the front of that album. Classic album. Uh, cover. you know, I and, and even when I was here, you know, in in the 90s, you had you know, obviously the big boys in terms of their, uh, you know, their music shops, but you still had a couple independent uh, black owned uh, vinyl shops and, and, and they're long gone for whatever reason, whether it's the, the you know, the real estate issues, uh, the fact that many of those folks are now much older. Right. And uh, uh, so, I'm, and, and again, I, I'm not quite sure what, what the reason is, but, but clearly uh there, there's an issue, right? When, when you think of all the cities in the country, all the black major cities, you would think there's at least one record store in, in each, each of those yeah. black major yeah. cities. Yeah. And then you think of the major cities, like, wait, if you got LA or you have uh, New York, and you would think there's a couple in Brooklyn or yep. one in the Bronx. And and and, and there are a couple, right? But, but, but they specialize and they focus, right? So if you go to Brooklyn and you're looking for a black record store, you're probably looking for a West Indian, you know, Caribbean, yeah. you know, African, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a different vibe, right? It, you know, you're not going to Park Slope, uh, you know, looking for that jazz album, right? So it's, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, 
and, and so I think it's just the reality of, of changing demographics, changing times, uh, you know, across the board, you know, black ownership of businesses is, is down tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you look at this niche of, of music, uh, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a business where we work, right? Yeah. So, uh, as much as people see us cleaning records and spinning records, uh, you know, it's, it's trying to find those records. And, and if you're a used record dealer, uh, you're dealing with a, a, a finite, uh, uh, you know, material, right? I mean, mm -hmm. there are only so many, uh, love Supremes and Mick Condition still around. I yep, mean, that yep. record was made 70, 60, 70 years ago. And it's amazing. Uh, so trying to find that, I mean, you're, 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 it's almost like a needle in a haystack. So when you do find it, you're, you're overjoyed. Uh, but then you realize after you sell it, gosh, I, I got to try to find another one if I want to keep one. Right. <laughs> That's uh, super and, and, interesting. And, yeah. And so that makes it a little difficult. So it's, it's just, I think the reality of, of what we're dealing with, uh, music itself is, is a lot different, right? People listen to music so differently, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say 75 to 80% of the, the people that I buy records for, talk about how you know what uh, uh electronic we can get it on spotify or i can get it on my phone mm -hmm. and and these are in, in some ways still older people right yeah. who, who still understand technology to some degree but they don't really understand it but they know they can hear it other places right so they're like hey i don't need to carry around these <laughs> 10 boxes of records uh anymore uh i can just get it on my phone yeah uh, and, and so uh, I, I think that's why, you know, we're seeing, you know, the emergence, I think now of, uh, or at least the flood of records into the, the space, because people are realizing, wait a minute, that, you know, those records that have been sitting in the garage or in the attic for the last 20 years, for one, has some value. Yep. And two, you know, I may not have the space anymore. I may be moving or, or, you know, the kids might be taking over the house and, you know, they don't really want the records. So, uh, and, and frankly, that's all good for me. So yeah, I'll take yeah, it. yeah, that's I, I know that that's something that uh, record store owners uh, definitely take uh, a, a lot of pride in and a lot of uh, they're good at, at filtering through uh, people who want to sell off collections for whatever reason. Um, I had a friend of mine actually sell off a bunch of her mom's uh, her mom passed like uh, this was a really long time ago. It was a college friend of mine. Her mom passed. She had a bunch of like Coltrane, Alice Coltrane, mm. bunch of classic stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was an OG format because you know she collected back in in the sixties, back in the sixties yeah. and seventies when it was yeah. when it was uh, new. And she just like yard sold the entire thing mm. for like a yeah. dollar, two dollars, and I, yeah. and it, she didn't consult me about it. And so like when I talked to her, she was like, "Yeah, I saw a whole bunch of Stevie Wonder and and Alice Coltrane and John Coltrane and Pharaoh." And I'm like, mm. "And you and you didn't consult me about that, right?" Like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> you know, it, it's 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 uh, it's interesting. You know, I mean, I would say about ten years ago, I would see that a lot more often, right? I mean, yeah. you would see you would go to a yard sale and people would be just almost giving away their books and music and you'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, I'll take it. Right. And, and, uh, run with it. Uh, I, I remember, uh, you know, uh, you know, th there's something about music. You remember music, right. Yes. And, and, you know, as a record collector, as a record shop owner, I remember when I, uh, I, I, I got a record, right. So it's about the hunt for me too. Right. It's about the experience of collecting, that. Yeah. going and talking to somebody for a couple hours, digging through their attic, uh, finding some gold and then negotiating, you know, a fair price. So they're happy, right? Cause you, you got to have them happy. Yep, yep. Cause if not, they're not going to tell their friends about you and, 
and, and most of our businesses repeat at this point, which is really great. And then the concept that they're telling their neighbors, they're telling their cousins uh, that, hey, there's a record show up on Kennedy Street and they buy records. So we get a lot of those calls. Uh, so I think that's, you know, that's important. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's interesting about those record collections that, that, you know, people again remember when they bought the records. And so that there's a collection that I've been trying to get now. It's, it's going on two years. Mm-hmm. This guy has a few thousand records and he treats them like they're his kids, right? He can talk to you <laughs> and, and probably loves those records more than he loves his kids because I've never met his kids. <laughs> and, and, and we've talked, you know, once a week for almost two years. Uh, and, and, and I'm getting close to getting those records, but but he's still holding on to them because uh, because they mean a lot to him, right? Oh, and, I bet uh, you there's some good stuff in and, there. Oh, man, and I joke with him, and I'm like, you know what? No worries, man. I'll get them eventually. And, and I know <laughs> that, right? uh you know that there's there's you know a little bit of facetiousness and but a little bit of truth because you know i like to think i'm good at what i do and, I, and it, for me it's about relationships i would go and, you know we'll talk about music and we'll talk about family and politics and oh by the way can i look at that stack of records you got in the corner uh, <laughs> and uh and and so you know you know that means a lot as well so. well that's awesome and and so what i'm hearing about that is that you've really like solidified yourself in the, in the community um of of not only dc and in the culture of dc but but the the vinyl community and so you almost have to right if you're gonna do this you got to do it right so there are a few other record stores around the city you got to know those guys yep uh i like to think that uh strategically you know i i uh you know i get a little jealous right so when another store gets (laughs) gets that, that hot you know, jazz collection. I'm like, where'd they get that from? How come no one called me first? Right? I like <laughs> to think that, you know, we specialize in jazz and soul and people know us for that. And, and uh, you know, that they'll, they'll call us first. But the reality is, you know, that they're, you know, a, a lot of people go to their record shop based on location, yep. based on where they live. Uh, and, and so for us being on Kennedy Street means that we're going to get what Kennedy Street and what's around us gives us. Yep, yep. Uh, and, and so many times that's jazz and soul uh, lately, to some degree, it's been international music. We're getting, seeing a lot of uh, uh, African music and Ethiopian music coming coming through the shop. Nice. Uh, but, 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 you know, our bread and butter is, is our jazz. And so I can't tell you, you know, every family has Michael Jackson or Stevie Wonder or, or Ray yeah. Charles. And, and we love those. And, and my gosh, but, you know, uh, you know, I, I, you know, what really tickles me is when I see a, a Lawrence of Newark or a, you know, or, yes. or, or, or some of those strategies. I'm oh like, oh, wait a minute, yes. where you hide those? <laughs> so, uh, that's so really that's cool. Really- and and how important do you think it is for for the youth uh, out there who come into your shop? I, I've been into your shop a number of times now. And when I go in, I always see I see a good mix of the younger and the older. Yeah, yeah. Crowd. so, you know, the fun thing is people bring their kids, right? So, uh, you know, I get I got a couple calls uh, from folks who said, Hey, we heard your shop is open. Uh, are, are you kid friendly? And I'm like, dude, my kid's usually in the back running around and myself. So we, we try to create an environment where, where, where people can love music. And, and I think it starts with kids, you know, there's a school a few blocks away. I forgot the name of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but pre COVID, uh, the students would walk from the school, take the, the bus right in front of our shop. Literally there's a bus stop right gotcha. in front of our shop. And, and when we first opened, you would see the kids like, like sticking Peaking through, like, like, like and you hear them talking, like, like, Hey, is there a record player? Come on, let's go and look and see what it looks like. Like, like, like it's foreign, like, yeah. like, like, you know, like, like really like a record player. And so in many ways, I think I'm keeping history of music going, to be honest with you. I, 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 not that I, 
and not that that those are some bricks on my shoulder, but something that that I think I enjoy uh, and I love. Right. So, yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, there's yeah. a music conservatory or Harlan Jones runs it a couple of doors down. Okay. Uh, and so he teaches uh, piano and his son's a, a wonderful organist, uh, Alan Jones, and, uh, and they do some good work with the community. Uh, but for me, if I can, you know, extend that a lot more. So to the extent of exciting students about music and having them walk down and say, Hey, I want to play the piano. I want to play the guitar. Let's, let's, let's go over to, 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 to Mr. Jones spot. To, to me that, that that's what it's all about if i can do that to some students that's really cool that's awesome and and i think i i feel that every time i go into your store uh i feel that that like i said that strong community presence mm. um it's something that i think is unique to our city too because i feel that when i go into other other record stores in the, in the city as well um and and i love that you mentioned that um about you know psalm and 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 uh, joint custody joint custody um i i i always feel out the place and and the vibes here in dc i think are super community based oh without um, a doubt yeah without and, a doubt. and that's sure. something i super appreciate yeah and, and I, perhaps it has to do with the location right i mean so most of the other stores are in a busy thoroughfare yeah uh, and, and so given that you, you almost need to be more people friendly. You need to be more tuned to who's coming in because uh, you want to create that space where people feel comfortable, but, but also people feel like, hey, they got some jamming music. Let me run nice. in there and get it. And so uh, it, it's a challenge. And, and, and I, I like to think that we have a great mix and we do it well. You know, it's funny. We have some people come in our shop sometimes daily, <laughs> uh, uh, but, but clearly friends who come in weekly and, and the daily folks are cool. I tease them. I wish they would buy more music, but but if they just feel comfortable coming in and, and talking about music and, and going to our listening station and digging through the new stack, uh, even if they're not going to buy anything, it still makes me feel good. So, gotcha. so, so. Well, I mean, so I've read a few different accounts uh, and I, I've listened to a, a, you talk about a few different things. We've had conversations before and about around this topic of how important it is to get into this music uh and, and you touched on it very almost perfectly so much perfectly that I, I don't even feel like the question's necessary at this point but but why is it important to know and collect music in your opinion you know music you know my first thought is it soothes the soul mm -hmm. right uh and and i would argue music transcends everything right i mean race yes. culture religion ethnicity uh whether you're gay or straight it doesn't matter yeah. you put on some good music it's gonna make you feel good whether you're white or black right yep. and, and i'm thinking you know to some of the best music i've heard well well, well i should say that uh th there's some great music i've heard that that you know first time i heard jamiroquai i was like this, this is a white boy from london <laughs> yes you've got to be kidding me or or, or or josh stone this is a white yeah. girl she's got some soul in her right yeah, and, yeah. and or 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 tribe i mean you know you remember you're like, wait a minute, this is this is funky. This yeah. this just makes you move and makes you feel good. Or, or you put on some Bob Dylan and you're like, wow, you know, it, it's it's you know, good music. It, it doesn't matter who it is. So, you know, for me, it's important, you know, in, in that sense, right? Uh, but also from an African American sense of the history of, of our folks, yeah. right? Our yeah. people. How important uh, is that? And, and, and how important music was, whether you're in the black church or. Yep. Or, or, you know, you're in the 60s, you know, understanding that, that you know, that, that, you know, that's going to kind of help you get over that hump a little bit. Uh, 
and, and again, if you think of, you know, I, I, I'm a, I like to think I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of history too, but, you know, gosh, I'm thinking back to, you know, to, you know, the early days of, of Miles and, and, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, how, you know, Miles kind of was treated, right? Because, you know, if, if you read his autobiography, he wasn't, you know, he's a dark, dark black man, right? Yep. And, and, you know, they treated him not too good at times, right? Yep. Uh, but, but when he started playing that, you know, that, you know, that trumpet, man, he, they loved him, right? Yes. So, you know, there's something about music in, in our culture as, as black people that, that, that it elevates you, which is wonderful. Uh, but, but for me, it's really about that history, right? And, and, and what that says, and, you know, putting on a Marvin Gaye, what's going on, or, or, or Lloyd McNeil or, or Public Enemy. Yeah. It, it speaks to the time of the day. It speaks to where we are now. And, and again, good music, you could be, you know, 70, 80, 100 years later, you put it on, you wouldn't know that when it was made, it just makes you feel good. And, and you're like, wow, that was 75 years ago? Yeah. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. I, don't, I don't believe it, you know, so. Yeah, and, and so are you a purist or are you a snob? And and that's a, uh, that's a question that's like- I, I, Well, well I, I wanna hear your definition, define that. Yeah, yeah, so I, I will. So a, a purist, a snob, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, uh, someone who thinks vinyl is the only way, like, and, and we touched on that, right? We we've talked about, you know, how yes, yes. even older people now don't, they know about technology and they use it and they, you know, they mm-hmm. use their phones, they use their computers to to download songs and and to listen to songs. So a snob, I think, is a, a person who thinks vinyl is that's the only way to listen to music, in my opinion, and and that's the only way they can. I mean, whether or not they do have a, a online library or whatever they prefer and they think that this is the only thing that sure. matters i got you while a purist is just this is the best way and it's really just all about the music so i, I break it down into into the people who are chasing the high fidelities right the mm-hmm. people who are chasing the only mm-hmm. they only collect og copies because they think the yep, sound yep, is, yep. Sure, is, is sure. tip top and all reissues yeah, yeah, suck yeah. so yeah, yeah. as opposed to a purist who like myself like when i go out to look for records i'm looking for the music so there was recently a, a, a reissue of a Strata East record of the what is it the uh, the ensemble Al Salam. Um, yeah, sure, was, of course. Yeah, and, and that record just kicks ass. And man, dude, I, I had a copy, an OG copy, and oh I can't God. find it. Oh my I God! I can't find it. I'm <laughs> tearing. I'm tearing. I, I. This is a side note, right? So I have five, six thousand records, maybe more. Okay. And I have one case of you know one small little case of my. Uh, one small case of, of my OGs, of my blue notes, of, you know, I joke with my wife, anything happens, uh, we got to take these 10 boxes first. <laughs> I got you, I got you. I got, I got a box like that. I don't have as many records, but. I, I got to run out with 10 boxes of records. Not one, but 10 boxes of records. Uh, uh, but, but, you know, so so in some ways, it's it's like there's some records you know that, that if you find, uh, if you're going to find them at all, it's not going to be the OG because yeah. it's just, they're just so rare that yeah. just not going to see it. So, you know, if you want to hear that music, which I do, you got to get a reissue. Yeah. And, and to me, nothing's wrong with that. Right. Uh, nothing's wrong at all. Of course I want the OG, but, but, I, but I'm more into the music. I yeah. want to hear the music more. Right. Uh, so that's one part of me. The other part of me realizes that, wait a minute, that OG is, 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 is not just the value, uh, but the rarity of that OG. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that, right. You know, what maybe a couple hundred people have something like this yes. left in their possession, and and so for me that excites me. So when I get a a mint OG of a Strata East or you know or an ESP, and I realize that they're maybe a th- only a thousand pressed, 
and and maybe there are a couple hundred left and maybe they're you know a hundred in in vg plus condition that gets me so excited yeah and it, and it goes back to the chase for for what you said earlier like that chase uh, that kind of is the drug itself in that case right yeah, like, sure so sure. so you're chasing you're chasing that og uh, and I've only chased a few OGs and I've only gotten into some of the OGs. Now, my collection is nowhere near yours. Uh, I have maybe I have maybe somewhere around 500 records. So like I'm still a babe in this. Right. Uh, but, um, but I'm sure those hundred to 500 are fire, though. You no, know, yeah, I have a lot of I have a lot of fire. <laughs> I have a lot of fire for sure. But I just got into to chasing uh some of the ogs from from strata east as many as i can find uh, that's my oh, favorite man. jazz label so, of all time yeah, totally, totally. And, uh, and and i love everything bill lee uh does and and i think oh, uh, so so that new york quartet yes uh, which i think esp forgive me yeah I mean, the new york quartets on esp but but you're you're right i mean so so you know i used to i, don't, I shouldn't tell too many people this but, but there was a time <laughs> in my life when i thought that that jazz died with coltrane right mm. Mm. You know, I was so much into a Coltrane yeah. fanatic and, and reading up and, and, you know, this is when CDs were, 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 were out there. I think I had every Coltrane CD and, and I'm, I'm, you know, the impulse releases. And, and so I'm really heavy into that. Uh, and then you're like, wait a minute, there's so much more to jazz music. You know, if you stop the Coltrane, right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, music evolved and right. So, and, and, you know, Coltrane started that, I wouldn't say he started, but, but he opened the doors to the free jazz, the spiritual yeah, jazz movement. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Uh, and, and there's some folks who, who, who took it and, and ran with it and you know, their names like a Pharaoh Saunders yep, yep. and, uh, and there's some folks who you haven't really heard of, uh, but have done some amazing work and, and that music is beautiful, man. So, so for me, when I think of, of, of the seventies and I think of Strata East and ESP, uh, you know, to me right now, those are, are some of the most sought after records you could find in this in this industry. And and they're just becoming harder and harder to find, a little more pricier. Uh, we had a wonderful collection in the weeks ago and we sold a couple records that, that you know, believe it or not, I, I, I'm i regretting, right? I don't lose sleep. Okay. Uh, but sometimes I'm like, did I really sell that Lawrence of Newark? Right? <laughs> I mean, I've been searching that record for 20 years and I finally get it and I, and I sell it. What was I thinking? Well, you know, I was I coming searching. I came back uh, to to purchase that uh, that Weldon that Weldon Irvine that you had for uh, yeah, for yeah, a grip, yeah, yeah. and I heard you just sold it, and I was like, "Damn it!" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. That off the wall, man. I mean, it, it, and you know, it, it's it, it's you know, for us, it, it's it's about the music too, but but you know, it's also about showing off the music, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's how we make sales, right? Yeah. So you know, we'll take pictures, we'll post it on Instagram, and and you know, I. I I love social media to the to the extent that it's allowed us to grow. Uh, yeah. And people are all around the country and world find us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but you know people use that DM like like it's my text, right? <laughs> like 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 can you save that 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 one record for me? And and I'm like, dude, it's already gone. Yeah. But I hear you though. Next one. The next one's on you. Uh, That's so, cool. So uh, yeah, it's really exciting. So yeah. 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 Neil does something where he says in the description, "No holds," and so he's like, "Yeah, I, I can't hold this one." Uh, sorry, yeah, guys. yeah. Like, we try to do that sometimes, but yeah. but then we still get our regulars who call us. I'm like, can you hold it for me? And I'm like, uh, uh, it's sorry, it's sold, <laughs> and it's still on my shelf. That's funny. That is <laughs> funny. I want the local, you know, and so I think the challenge for us too is realizing that you know we have a, a wonderful local support. Yeah. Who come in who, who and so we want them to come in and see those on the wall mm -hmm. but then the reality too is is you know if i got someone in california or new york uh or england who's willing to to to, to spend that money and, yeah. and and do it quickly 
uh, you know, you have to balance and, and, you know, many times we take it, but many times we're like, ah, okay, the first weekend, the first week in shop only, let's give the locals a chance to buy it. Uh, and then we'll let, uh, the rest of the world, uh, do it. And so, you know, I still get people who, you know, when we do post a nice collection, they're like, uh, uh can, can I, uh, do I have to wait three days? Can I, can I, can I tell you what I want now? And we're like, uh, wait a little more. That's hilarious. Well, yeah. talking, uh, talking about that. And I think that's super fair. I think that's really fair, and I, I I really like that uh, that you do that trying to balance. Yeah, we try. I yeah, mean, uh, that, you know, that's but, that's but, important. You know, sometimes I'll be honest with you. You know, the music is so fire, it's like, hey, it's got to come home. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, Sometimes my wife is like, dude, are you are you are you selling records or are you bringing them home? And, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, a little bit of both, baby girl. A little bit of both. Yeah, I, I had a, a phase. I had a phase of that where um, I was selling off a bunch of my stuff. This is back uh, before uh, I moved. And um, I was selling a bunch of stuff. And every time I would go into the record store I, to sell some stuff, I would buy some stuff. And so I'd come yeah. back and the girlfriend's like, did you make any money? I'm like, not, not really. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I, I got $20, I think. Uh, but mo I mostly traded these records, yeah, essentially. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I got a couple guys who are like that now. Who are like, hey, uh, do you mind if I take off the sticker? I'm like, dude, it's yours. You don't have to show your wife how much you paid for that. <laughs> That's one of the first things I do, man. You got to take off that sticker when you, when you come the in the house. <laughs> No, but uh, that's I love the, the the layout of your story. And one of the things I think you trick you trick me into doing, you play and you have a really nice setup. You play these records, and and when you walk into the shop, it's like it the music just hits you right in the chest. Yeah, yeah right when yeah. you come in. And so, I'm, so you've gotten me on this. You got me on this three or four times where like I come in and I'm like, what is that on the turntable? Give me that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so selfishly, I mean, I, I joke with our team. We do that for us, right? So okay. we love music. You know, if I'm in the shop, you know, at, at nine or 10 in the morning, sometimes cleaning up or 11 or 12, you know, I want to groove. I want to vibe, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, if it's Sunday, you know, I'm going to look for some jazz just because, you know, that that's, you know, what I do. Uh, but I want to feel good in the shop. I, I, I want, you know, I'm, I, you know, and, and I want to play the good stuff. <laughs> nice. uh, and so it, sometimes it's challenging uh, when it comes in. It's like, oh, sorry, that's already sold. Uh, or, <laughs> or, or, or that's from the private collection. So we try not to do that too much because people would get angry at us. Like, why are you posting a record if it's not for sale? And I'm like, well, we love it. And yeah, we, we want can, you to know that we like can part a copy too. <laughs> that's funny. So, so we get a little bit of that. But, but truth be told, it's just, you know, we love music. We want to play good music we do play good music and we want you to feel good when you walk in the shop so i think that's a great touch uh and and i, I love this the system whatever you guys are using keep using it because that clarity that beauty that you hear when you come you. into good. the shore come into the store yeah it just it, it smacks you right in the face and it's uh, like whatever you guys are playing sounds awesome like just uh, tip good, top good. like well it works i mean i can't tell you how many times we've been playing something and, and people are like hey can i buy that I'm yeah. like of course so yeah. and, and one of my uh staff members says hey man i could i could sell anything let me just put it on and i'm like you're, you're right put it on go, yeah, yeah. Go, go sell it so yeah and and speaking of that the staff members that you have you have some really cool guys who work at your shop um one of the one of your staff members when it was one of the first times i i came there um and i was 
going through some jazz and and as he was going through the jazz and price and stuff he was tossing me records he was just like hey uh, i think you'll like this one if you're if you're looking at that one you'll like this one and i'm like okay, okay but yeah. i don't i don't i can't spend four hundred dollars in here <laughs> you know so so i really i really do think that's a good touch as well i want to okay, go to your okay. personal collection just really quickly sure of course what is the most expensive record you've ever purchased Ooh, purchased yeah uh, that's uh, I got to think about that for a second. Uh, Take your time. I, I I would have to say, let's say, purchased in the last say five years. To okay. Narrow it down, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so inflation. We, inflation, <laughs> but also because you know, uh, I would say before that I was digging a lot, and so I got a lot of records that are really expensive, but I paid like a buck for them or two dollars or five dollars nice. at their yard sale before before people knew that they were really expensive. So. Uh, this past Christmas, I kind of treated myself very well mm -hmm. and was like, wait a minute, I, I, I want this record. So there's a Jeannie Lee record called Conspiracy. Mm -hmm. uh, she was married to Gunther Hamill uh, okay. and uh, Hample, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. uh, and uh, she's only ha has a few records. Uh, you know, they live mostly in Europe. Uh, mm -hmm. But but in the 70s, she was really into that spiritual jazz, the, mm -hmm. the chanting and her voice to me is just it's it's not necessarily sexy but 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 it just speaks to the Something time of the it. 70s and, and it's powerful so we sold this record maybe about two years ago a genie lee conspiracy album and i was like i want that i sold it I, you know one of those records you're like why did i sell uh, and so I've been looking for it and, and I've been uh, and I was eyeing this record on, on eBay. Right. Mm -hmm. So this guy was selling the record on eBay. It was a signed copy. Uh, and I'm like, signed, Jeannie, I, I got to find this. Right. And, and when I looked at the signature and who it signed for, mm -hmm. it was signed to Jerry with love and respect. And mm -hmm. so, again, I went to Howard University. Uh, there was a, an artist called Jerry Allen. Yeah. Uh, who, who's a you know jazz musician she died unfortunately recently herself uh in any event uh they were contemporaries colleagues okay uh and so my hope is that that is actually to jerry allen yeah uh to love and respect jerry and, and again so uh to me i, I you know the, at first you think he had it for 650 he lowered it to 450 I, I think i offered him 250 uh -huh. uh, and he took it and i was like my god sold I'll buy nice. it. And again, you know, had it shipped to the shop, did tell wifey about how much it costs. She, she'll probably listen to this and get mad at me now. Uh, Sorry uh, to get you in trouble, man. Yeah, get me in trouble. Uh, but, but you know, so for one, it, it's much more valuable, I think, than, than what it was priced at. Yeah. And, and so when you, you find those, you know, those deals, you got to jump on it. And, and when you find that record in itself, you got to jump on it. I, I you know, don't, don't tell anybody. I probably would have paid 500 bucks for, for that record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, for one, the rarity of the record in itself, it was a record you could only get through mailing, right? Mm -hmm. You couldn't go to the store to get it. You had to mail in to get that record. That so, crazy. you know, so there's probably, you know, a hundred records, uh, you know, a hundred copies of that clean. Um, wow. You know, I'm exaggerating probably. It's probably less than that because I've only seen that, you know, once or twice. And, you know, even when I do my Googling, they're usually all around the world. They're never in this United States. So, so that says something in and of itself. But, you know, so again, the history, you know, the fact that it was signed, uh, the fact that it may be signed to another jazz artist uh, who I know, who I'm fond of, who went to Howard University. So, so it makes it, it, it personal. 
Yeah. Uh, and so that's a record that that that's, you know, again, it wasn't that much 250, relatively speaking, and in terms of what records are valued at. But but frankly, being, you know, I, I don't I don't have to buy records now. I mean, I mean the records come to me and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I get to pick and choose. And and uh, and it's usually I, I you know, I get those records, you know, for free. And, and I'm usually fighting with my team for those records because they <laughs> want to. Uh, but in this case, it was, you know what, let's jump on it because I know it won't be around anymore. I'm surprised it's still around. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I think at one point people, you know, because I think I offered him maybe a year ago, uh, 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 you know, uh, you know, tried to buy it, offered a deal. And he was like, no. So, hmm. you know, some people are, you know, I wouldn't say grumpy, but but know what they got. And they're like, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not Stickler about it. They'll hold yeah. that for 10 years. Yep. In this case, he held it uh, for a little while longer. Maybe it was COVID. Maybe the realities of the pandemic. Uh, but he took it, and I'm I'm very grateful. So that's uh, awesome. Yeah, that's so awesome. If I can add to that, yeah, uh, go for it. The most expensive record I have, uh, one of the most expensive, is the Sun Rock Jazz by Sun Rock. Okay. So it's his first. Okay. It's his first. Uh, it's in mint condition. Yeah. Uh, it has the booklet, right? So I don't know if you know anything, but but uh, on the Shaz label, literally, it was photocopied, stapled, uh, and and even some of those staples are rusty. This, but in this case, this is from his. Rust. This is from his label, right? His his. So so uh, Jazz by Sunrise. I forgot and, and forgive me the ignorance of. I no, it's okay. The, yeah, it's not his label. Okay. Because uh, his label was was essentially, uh, oh, yeah. you know, him yep. sticking it on himself and putting it in a, a white uh, generic uh, cover and having his team draw and, and you know, design, you yeah. know, what it looks like. Uh, so that's that was Sunrise. Uh, but but nonetheless, man, it's just it's just beautiful and love and, and uh, you know something about music again, like I referenced before, it, it just soothes the soul. So yeah, man, and and when you're chasing that, when you're chasing that that sound, and, and this isn't so much the competition or the, or the chase part, but this is just that feeling, like and and I felt that feeling you you felt about not only um, what's the name of the artist again? Sorry. Uh, the, the the conspiracy the, the record, Lee? yeah, Genie Lee. Lee. Yeah, I've felt that way before. I've I've felt that way. You just like this is is more than to me. It's it's a little bit more than money at at this point with this, and I'm willing yep. to pay whatever. And of course, I'll still bow out at a lot of uh, at anything triple digits most times. Um, <laughs> but yeah. uh, but there's sometimes where I, I gotta say, hey, I, 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 I mean, I want sometimes this you have to. And, yeah. and you know, I'll tell you uh, just just a, a little side note. So uh, technology is wonderful, and I love eBay. I, I don't really buy on eBay too much, but I, I use eBay to track what's going on and, yeah, yeah. and what's hot and and what's out there. So so for instance, right now there's there's this guy in New York. I don't know where he got these. But, but he has probably 50 uh, ESP Stratas that he's selling right now on, on, on auction. And uh, again, just watching that, I'll, I'll put a low bid in, you know, maybe, yeah. you know, a hundred bucks for a record I know might go for a thousand. And, you know, if I get it, hey, the odds are I'm not going to get it. But it allows me to, to quickly go in and see and track the value and see who's bidding and, and see what the worth is of some of those records. And 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 so forgive me, that Jazz by Sun Ra was on the transition label. Okay. Uh, and 
and and again that transition is is really fired they're the ones with the booklets yeah, yeah. Uh, but but this record itself is from 1957 uh and it's one of the first transition albums uh and sun Ra's first so you're, you're talking 57 sun Ra, uh you know vg plus condition the original booklet uh sometimes i just look at it and just just smile because awesome. literally those are one of the you know stories i remember i remember vividly working leaving my job driving two hours from from virginia to baltimore mm -hmm. uh to make this buy and then seeing this record in the box and realizing i i paid a dollar for it plus two hours of my time just made me smile right oh, so God. you know you got to do that sometimes you know that's beautiful that is beautiful so with that i, I do want to ask what's what's the first record you remember falling in love with for me it was miles davis that's it was kind of blue by miles davis and that yeah. record when i heard that record on a turntable that is what made me a collector and this is back in like early college maybe late high school uh -huh. i can't recall yeah. and this is the moment where even though i didn't start collecting until much later this is that was the moment where i was like i once i get situated once i get you know uh, an apartment or whatever i'm going to start collecting music yeah yeah so for me it was it was going back to train uh because okay. you know again it seems a, a lot of the my music revolves or growth revolves around coltrane and okay. and nothing wrong with that right i mean uh and that's a great thing if if, if, if you if you know coltrane's music uh, uh so it was hearing a love supreme on vinyl <laughs> uh and and uh one of my music first right copies was uh, uh one of those early uh, white promo copies of mono nice. uh, and a couple scratches but still hearing that spin I, 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 I feel like a baby now just thinking of, of that scenario of me watching that spin and hearing it and, and just being an awe just yeah. being like oh my god you know this is what music is about and 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 a, a rare white chromo uh, yeah. how can I find every record I want every record to be this color, right? And, <laughs> and you know, you go searching down for those white promos, and, and, and they're tough to find. But finding a, one of those, and, and and I think it's probably VG conditions got a couple feelable marks, but to me, it still sounds beautiful, and, and I still have it in my collection. And I remember when I got it, and uh, to me, that that really opened my eyes to to wow, you know, I, I could start collecting, you know music really heavily because you know at first it was you know i love music and, and i want mm -hmm, music mm -hmm. but but let's be honest i mean you know records are heavy and, yes. and you know in college and after college you're not walking around with the boxes of, you're, you're you're ikea yeah uh, you yeah, want yeah stuff that breaks apart you don't want stuff that that you got to keep and keep sturdy and and keep in plastic and so yep. you know for a while my records were at ma's my grandmother's and my mother's house and just because you know I'm I'm in the 20s and I'm doing everything else, but you're moving around, my, yeah, yeah, you know, and and uh, so it wasn't until I got a, a little sturdy and stable and and uh, that I was like, wait a minute, let me let me go and get that box from Grandma. <laughs> I remember, you know, we drove down to Florida to see Grandma, and I'm putting the boxes of records in the trunk uh, to bring them back, and that's how I got started. And then I'm looking at the records, and I see my mother's name on the records, and, and a couple awesome. of my 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 brother crossed up my mother's name and put his name <laughs> and, and you know New owner. and i'm like and, and now i'm like why'd you guys write on the record <laughs> telling the whole world that you know and, and that's you know so you know why'd you write on so you know i love i love the writing on the records it's actually a nice i mean of course from selling the records that that devalues them a little bit uh but it's always Just a nice a touch 
Yeah, yeah. Like I, I have one, uh, and it was one that you recommended to me, Charles Wright, and Frank. I don't know if you remember Frank. Yeah, is written of course, on it. sure. And I, I'm like, yeah, Frank. Frank owned this record. I don't know who Frank is, but yeah, it's Frank. But Frank, Frank is cool. <laughs> Frank He's is awesome. Got good <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. I mean, so, so we have the extremes of people writing on records. There's some folks who, you know, do it because they want you to know that this is their record. Yeah. Don't touch it. Yeah. If you find the cover or the record, it's fine, you know, because you think of a party, house party. Yeah, yeah. A hundred people in their house back in the day listening to one record. Whose record you is this? Write your name on it or it's Frank's. It's gone. <laughs> exactly. It's Frank's. Put it down. And That's then, Frank's. And then you got the people who are who are who are who I really love, who are really anal about their collection. Who, yeah, for instance, yeah. I was teasing someone the other day. We bought this collection, and the dude cut out clippings of, of newspaper articles about the artists and about the record. I saw that. Yeah, I saw and that. He was more in tune with that than he was about listening to the record. Some of these records were never played, but yet he's cupping out newspaper clippings and, and taking dates. And, and in any event, he put them he in the sleeves, own, right? Sorry. Yeah, he okay. put them in the sleeves. That's, cr- that's cool. Uh, anyway, he came up with his own uh, catalog system mm. for the records. And it had nothing to do with, with, the uh, alphabetical nature or, or or the record number but his own little system to keep him in his shelf and some of these records you're like two two point five point s and i'm like what the hell uh but then when you get you know 25 records and you're like oh so i see this is where this fits in in this collection and, and i'm like okay makes that's, sense that's advanced that is oh man oof. i mean and 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 we went to this guy's house he was one of these hoarder yeah, like newspapers, stacks of newspapers everywhere. We were like, "What are we getting into?" But then when we saw the records, we were like, "Ah!" Uh, it was like the lights came on, the, the heaven gates opened, and we were like, "Oh, thank you." Yeah, this is you a know, gold mine. Oh man, I mean, and and frankly, we want more people to leave the records alone and cut out newspaper clippings and put them in the record sleeves yep. and don't play the records. And I know? think I think that's a very important piece for me because it's it's history. Yeah. But for me, I always have to keep in mind that, like, this is music that people enjoyed. Now, so, like, from my perspective, being being as young as I am and as old as I am, right, I I understand this. Like, I may not I may not have lived to see Coltrane live or lived to see when that Love Supreme was actually released. Right. But I have a feeling associated to that that is tied into the larger span of humanity right like it's connected to the larger group of humanity of i know that someone enjoyed this record oh man and and so for me go even further right so when you finally meet somebody who loves music like i heard coltrane play and mm-hmm. is so excited like a little kid talking about coltrane yeah. play and i'm like a little kid just sitting there yeah, listening, listening to yeah. talk about coltrane play <laughs> It's, you know, it's like hearsay. I don't care. I'm not a lawyer, but but I still want that info, man. And it's like, give it to me. You know, so these stories about music, about collecting, about hearing people play, to me, that, that that's just what I, that I just, I feel like a little baby, man. Yeah. And, and I feel like I'm growing and learning and, and uh, you know, and, and come back to D.C., you hear a lot of that in D.C. D.C. is such a music yes, city. Yes. Uh, whether it's, you know, folks going down to the Howard Theater, if you know the history of Howard Theater, yeah. one of the first non-segregated uh, spots yeah. to play music in the city, uh, you know, up and down U Street, Duke Ellington, and, and you know, we talked about Logan McNeil, you got you got Marvin Gaye, you got Go-Go. I mean, there's so much, I mean, the energy at DC, you know, 
I'm a little bit older than you, but I can remember when I first got to DC, you couldn't walk a block without hearing go-go, man. I mean, the kids were out. I mean, <laughs> you would go to Georgetown, you would hop on the butt. I mean, it, it was more prevalent, prolific. And even to the point where I'd be like, I don't like this go-go stuff. You know, when I was, it's just like, like, you heard like, it too much. You heard it too much, yeah. you know? And, and it was always these little kids beaten as opposed to, you know, when you think of music, you think of, you know, professionals, but, but, yeah. but, but, but these kids are, were professional, man. I mean, they, you know, they, they made a, 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 a plastic can or a tin can sound, sound. like music, dude. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, and, Yesterday, just a quick side note, uh, you know, we're at U Street going to a, a framing shop uh-huh. and we walk by the Reeves Center and uh-huh. they're playing go-go and they're doing a little that that free dancing. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I do a little dance battle with my son and for five minutes, we're just dancing out there to go-go. See. And I'm like, this is this is what I remember yeah. about D.C. Yeah, that's and D.C. it's kind of yeah. crazy that you don't see that, but it's during COVID and we're doing it. And it yeah. feels like, my God, I haven't done this in a year. Yeah, and, and it just felt so free to be able to do it at the 14th and U in front of the Reeves Center, yeah. you know, on a Saturday afternoon. You know what I mean? So that's so. awesome. And, and so many people. I, I have a good mentor. Um, he may have he he may frequent your shop. Um, I don't know if he collects anymore. I don't even know what he's doing. But I, I've talked I talked about him on the last episode of the record. Well, I want his project. collection. You got to connect me to his collection. Yeah, yeah. So. He has he he hit me to anything that's like super spiritual, free. He had all that stuff. And mm. and uh, I mean, I, I don't know what he did for a living, but like he used to tell me stories much similar, much akin to what you just said, where, you know, he didn't like go-go, but like walking down U Street and hearing it everywhere. It's just like, yeah, yeah, of course. Just feeling the air, like, oh man, he kind of misses. And, and now it, I know? love go-go because if you think about it, yeah. I mean, you know, go-go's the only body who can take an Adele song, a Michael Jackson song, yeah, and, 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 you know, and, and collide it all together, put it all together, and it sounds even better than the original. Yeah, I yeah. Love Adele, but but that that go-go version of her song. To me, sounds ten times better than hers version. Yeah, I, I, I love that sexy lady song. I can't. I don't yeah, know if that's that, that's the classic, right? Oh like, man, sexy there's a couple that, that just, oh man, <laughs> you know, ten Yo. minutes long, you know, and, and you're still grooving. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. I, I love that, man. Um, yeah, and yeah. and so with that, like, I have to ask this question. This has to come out. Who sure. is your favorite DC artist of all time? Yeah, oh, I mean, all the time. That's tough, man. Yeah. I mean, Marvin uh, Gaye's mine, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Marvin's got to be up there. I mean, one of my first thoughts was Duke, right? Duke, I mean, yeah. Oh, Duke. You know, just, just, you know, just think of, you know, his, his, how long he played. Yeah. And some of the shit he went through, you yeah. know, as a jazz artist yeah. back in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s. And, and most people know Duke from that being that, you know, older statesman, yep. you know, yep. wearing the suit and the tie. And I love that about him. Uh, but you know, so, so I, one of my favorite Duke albums, I'll, I'll just put this out there is, is Duke Ellington at Newport. Right. Okay. Uh, and I, I think it's like 60, is it 60, 60 something? Uh, and, and if you do the history, that's when Duke was, was a little bit older, you know, a lot of more younger cats have come out and, and Duke wasn't getting a lot of love. But he went to Newport, the jazz festival, and he played his ass off mm. and, and, and he got like, is he was like Missy Elliott playing at the Super Bowl? People were like Missy, where did you come from? People were like where did Duke come from? Right? Where did he, I thought he was dead, right? And and kind of revived his career. Awesome. Uh, and and so you know just that respect for for folks who just you know 
who, who lived hard. I mean, that was a hard life back then. And, 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 and if you listen to his music, it's just so beautiful. Yeah. So from oh that standpoint, but, but you're right. I mean, if, you know, if I think to, to my militant Howard days, it's, it's definitely got to be Marvin. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, militant. You, was you a song, Panther? Were you a Panther? My favorite Marvin song is not what's going on, but it's trouble man, right? Trouble so, man. Uh, trouble man. Yes. I mean, that movie, yes. You know, it's a soundtrack to a movie, but but yeah. but that song to me, it's just ooh, I put that on and, and it just oh my it, god, it really it it, it really states yeah. you know where we are at the times yeah. and really speaks to I think DC and me and, and, and all the above. So it always makes me feel like Detroit, like just like like the his everything about that song yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. like so, so hardcore to me detroit i think any any black inner city is yeah yeah yeah. Could, yeah insert any you yeah. know because you think of the riots you think of watch you think that those riots happen all around the country yeah. right he DC starts it off destroyed new york brooklyn yeah. i mean detroit chicago i mean so 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 yeah man so that's a that's a really good choice and i think dc has so many like you said i mean we talked about lloyd mcneil we talked about you know we, we, you mentioned duke as and i'm gonna say he's your favorite dc artist and that's i think that's a good choice too uh but dc has so many amazing especially for for contextually speaking contextually it has a lot of amazing music history uh, yeah and so yeah. i, I yeah. think that is a hard question so sorry about about throwing no, no, that on you but so just briefly going back um but i don't want to keep you too long but going back to the record shop when a kid comes in and he's a little lost he's he doesn't know uh where to start maybe or maybe he's looking for some advice some friendly advice on you know which record to buy i hear you doing this a lot when i come into your shop you are you're often given the background to a record that someone's questioning so someone will pick yeah, out a record yeah. and they'll be like oh like this looks interesting and then you'll you'll come up but you'll come up and be like yeah this is 1963 like it's a really it's one of his classic records blah 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 so like what what do you tell what do you say to to people who come into your shop and and may not necessarily know where to start sure sure well i mean it's it's like trying to get your feet wet with the pool right you want to for one i'm, I'm a little bougie right so the temperature's <laughs> got to be right i want it warm some people like it cold so it's it just the sense of, of what, what are your tastes right i mean mm -hmm. where are you on that continuum right because not all jazz is the same yep. right yep. you know there's some free jazz that that i'm like take that garbage off oh man. my god yeah and some yeah. folks are like oh i love that and i'm like <laughs> ah, i'm more melodic you know i you know i love the you know melody of my music yeah <laughs> as yeah. opposed to yeah. some just just some music uh so it's just understanding that where are you right and and sometimes i use some of the big names to drop them in but if someone says they like the organ i'm like oh you like the organ yeah you know and, and oh you know you, you, you're a jimmy smith fan or, yeah. or you're a shirley scott fan right because have you heard shirley scott play yeah and and again talk about music the first time i heard shirley scott play i was like this can't be a woman on the organ <laughs> I would have heard of her, first of all. If yeah. a woman was playing the organ, I would have heard of her. And playing is good, you gotta be kidding me. And then you realize she was, you know, yeah. Shirley Scott yeah. playing the Hammond organ, married to Stanley Tarantino. Yep. And you're like, oh my, so so again, it's just, you know, where people, you know, 
what instrument maybe do they like and, and how far are they willing to jump in that water before they get wet, right? So, you know, uh, I try not to throw people overboard. There's some folks who, you know, are really heavy into certain areas and it's just, you know, what are your tastes? How, do, how, how can we tease you a little bit? How can we get you wet? Uh, and then, you know, for me, it's about what I love about vinyl. You flip that album over, some good liner notes, even yes, bad liner notes yes, will tell you something. Yes. And, and yes. you're reading those liner notes and you're like, okay, so I don't know this guy, but who did he play with? Yeah. 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 And, and I, oh, so he played with, with, with Ron Carter? Yeah. He's got to be good. Ron's not playing with anybody. Really interesting story about that fun, sorry, yeah, sad yeah. note. Liner notes actually got me into Joe Zorno. So no, Joe Zorno uh, is um, a classic, yeah. famous pianist, for those who don't sure, know. Sure. Um, but uh, Miles Davis did uh, the liner notes to, um, I think it was, I think it's Zorno, I think. Or, I can't remember the record. Um, but it's the, it's the one where they, it's just him straight-faced on the cover. Mm -hmm. uh, and on the back of this record, the liner notes, Miles Davis says, I like the thing I like about Joe Zorno is, or there can never be a, another Joe Zorno. I, I don't don't quote me on this, but it, it, not to speak verbatim, but he's he's simply saying that like Joe Zorno is like a badass white cat who can play the who can play the piano, who can play the keys, and he also has a dope ass black wife and amazing kids. And it's like it's like that made me love Joe Zorno so much more than yeah. like just hearing like if i would have heard it on apple or something oh, you're right? Totally right like you're like totally right. reading the liner notes as i'm listening to this i'm like oh like this dude must be really dope miles is co-signing this guy hardcore yeah. <laughs> so, you know miles miles didn't co-sign anybody exactly exactly miles fired coltrane what is that yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly because <laughs> you know, he was getting he was playing a little bit too big and better than him yeah 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 <laughs> that that relationship is is one i i i've I, yeah, I, really... I think that drug use might have been a, just a guy to say, yep. hey, you know, you're playing a little bit too strong for me. Yep. Yep. Uh, Some people so. just outgrow you, too, man. Like, yeah, And I feel yeah. like that happened with that relationship is like Coltrane just became Coltrane, essentially. Yeah. Like, yeah, Miles was Miles. And, and I think Miles did a really good job of like nurturing a lot of a lot of musicians. But. Not he sure. always likes to take you know, or he liked to take credit for like creating these musicians yeah, like Bill Evans and you know and Herbie and but like he didn't create them he gave them he gave them a start but like they were they were destined to be who they uh, are course. in sure, my opinion sure. so yeah without a doubt well yeah um I do want to let you you know talk a little bit about your shop uh where it's located we talked about that at the top and you know your hours of operation and stuff like that before sure. I let you go here so sure so uh hr records we're located on kennedy street 702 kennedy street we are in the heart of the brightwood section of dc uh kind of uh, georgia between georgia and let's say north capital just to, just just to get your bearings straight if you're not not too familiar with dc uh you know, it, just to describe it, we're in the block, you know, the middle of a block, you know, it's a community block that that's going through a transition. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll see some 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 pop ups, you'll see some cranes, you'll see some condos. Uh, you know, I was talking to someone the other day. I mean, as, as much as Kennedy Street's going through a transformation, much like D.C., for me, it still comes down to the people. Right. Yep. So always, you know, you know, it's, it's about the music. It's about the energy. Uh, Kennedy Street back in the day used to be a little rough. So you talk to some of the old heads, they would be like, yeah, Kennedy Street was a little sketchy, right? You, you wouldn't walk down Kennedy Street, you would run. 
if you're by yourself, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, so it's interesting to see that, know that, uh, but, but, you know, now, you know, there, there are condos, there's, there's a soup, uh, a vegan soup spot. There's a Ethiopian smoothie spot. There's about to be a pizza parlor. Oh yeah. Uh, there, yeah there, there's still a few, up. uh, few liquor stores and, and, uh, and, uh, funeral homes, unfortunately, the reality of being in a, in a, in a, in a somewhat still black city. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, there, there's spots like me opening up, which is really fun and really cool. And, and I'm telling and really you, exciting. yeah, it's, it's a one of a kind place. Your, your oh, place well, is a one of a kind place, man. And, and I, I felt really embarrassed by the fact that I remember hearing about when your shop opened in 2018 i remember hearing about it i remember reading about it all over dc and i didn't even ask the question is this black owned and i just felt oh, like oh, i was oh. just like i missed the boat yeah. on that like and i yeah, even apologized that, on one of my episodes I'll i was like dude like i cannot believe yeah, i missed yeah. the mark on this one so like, so believe it or not i mean for 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 two and a half years uh, you know if someone asked me you know i don't think the question was are you black owned right i didn't even yeah you know i don't i don't talk in those terms yeah, right? yeah, yeah maybe yeah. i should more uh, we're just, a, you know, we're a record shop no, I and, think... and, and I, I hear you, but, but, you know, I think COVID has taught me and, and this last year that we need to take more advantage of, of what we got going. Right. Yeah. And so in, in many ways, being the only black shop in DC has helped me, no doubt about it. And, and, uh, and, and not that I'm, I'm, I'm touting that, but, but I, I think that just, again, reminds me uh, going back to our history and the history of music and the importance of, of the work that we're doing. And, and the fact that there, you know, some kids walking down the block who are going to turn around and, and hear Marvin or, or, or hear Duke and be like, hey, you know, dad, let's get in the shop yeah. or mom, let's walk in and, and, and be exposed to vinyl for the first time. So, so for me, that means we're doing something right. So. You guys are doing a lot of things right. And how has the love been from the vinyl community? I have a, I think it's a very unique community here in DC and, and, at times, I feel like it's a little bit of, love, of a love-hate um, yeah. relationship. Honestly, uh, it's just because vinyl is such a like we've we've talked about and and we've exhausted here on, on this episode. But like vinyl, is such a weird thing already for for our day huh. and age. Um, so you 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 couple that with uh, I like to call it like know-it-allism, right? Um, how has like the love been? How has there been like with within the vinyl community within yeah so, the... so we've been truly embraced i mean i think that's that's the great thing you know ultimately it's about you know your, your last buy right mm -hmm. so so in some ways like the, so the last good set of records you have people remember that and and i like to think that we you know we give them good music and so people come back and, and so again we have our mix right so i have literally people who come in every day in the shop mm -hmm. you know who, who flip through records who know their music who know dc music who don't buy a thing but love coming in my shop and then i have you know the folks who who, who are waiting on my instagram for the moment they post some i post something that they want who come running over or call me immediately like i gotta have that uh and then you know we have you know truly you know being in dc that there's we didn't really talk about this to some degree uh, we touched around it, but there's wealth in DC, right? And yeah. so, yeah. whether it's through the government or, or or where folks work or all of the above, you know, folks in DC have uh, the ability to, to to spend that money, yep. and, yep. and are willing to, to spend the money for quality music. And so, and and so, you know, that, that that's the good thing, right? So when we post something, it's it, we know to move whether it's through the shop or outside the shop. You know, it might take a week or two, and 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 again, that makes us feel good that 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 our investment is gonna 
we're going to reap some rewards. So that's awesome. I want to I want to talk to just a sec. I know uh, again, I'm going to let you go. I promise I will. But you do a lot of extra stuff in addition to the record store. So you use your record store in a community based way. And maybe this is that warmth I, I was talking about that 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 I come in and I feel uh, you've had you have live shows at your record mm-hmm. store. Sure, um, sure. And you also host or produce um, a podcast out of yeah. your record store. So, so again, the sense that we had to really take advantage of, of, of the store and the way it really should. And so the store is welcoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's an opening. We, before COVID, right? So, so I feel like I'm going to say this for a long time, pre-COVID and, and post-COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And so pre-COVID, we, we were doing beat nights. We were, we were doing wine tastings. We were doing events in the shop to get people in the door. So my thinking is you come in that shop, you're going to love music. Even if yeah. you don't like music, even if you don't have a record player, we have people come in the shop and like, I, I don't have a record player, but but I want some music <laughs> and buy records. And I'm like, are you sure you will? And I'm like, you know, thank you, but I don't want you buying stuff just to leave it there, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but people do that, right? And so, you know, we use the shop really to, to create that community and extend that community. And so you know, we realized that a lot of the guys in the block were, were into beats and into music and making mm-hmm. beats. And so we were like, oh, how can we create an atmosphere where people can listen to other people's beats and, and, and not criticize, but be like, Oh shit, I heard that. And how'd you do that? And, That's awesome. and, and Oh, wow. And where'd you get that from? And, and so we got a lot of that going on. Uh, but, but two, it was, you know what? I, I, I love music. And, 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 and someone was like, Hey, you know, I just put out a new album. And I was like, dude, would you mind playing in the shop? And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, That's we so cool. have people playing in the shop. And, and, you know, I remember, you know, Plunky, you know, was, was coming to DC and we were like, Hey, can we get Plunky in the shop? Let's ask him. And he was like, sure. I'll play. And, and you know, Plunky's playing a, a set, you know, and then he's going to do a real, I wouldn't say a real show, but, but a yeah, real yeah. gig right after. Yeah. That, like, no, oh that's, that's a great, that, that's a great way to warm up though. Like I think yeah, for, yeah. for the artist too. Um, and speak- then, you know, Go ahead. I was going to just say now in this COVID era, it was, you know, how do we still continue that and, and still realize that that we can't have, uh, you know, a lot of people close together, but people still want to hear music and and, and, and musicians still want to play, right? Yeah. So for a few months, people couldn't play, right? Yep. People can come out, you know, and so, you know, that's probably the worst thing for a jazz artist, being able to to know you, you can play, but can't play, right? Yeah. And, and so how do we create a space where people can still play, still enjoy the music? Uh, and then I talked about the folks who come in every day who like to talk. There, there's some talkers, folks who love to talk about music, who, you know, can talk about Coltrane or Miles and, and or, or Luke Stewart. From, and, and I really and, feel and like so, you've met you know, Rashid. I really feel like yeah. he's come to your shop. I'm almost certain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so for me, it's like, you know, let me create a space for some of these people who, man, I, I you know, I need to put you on a podcast because, you know, you just got so much juice in your knowledge and, and and so you know how do we do that and you know why not we have the means the ability and, and you know for us it's time you know and and you know let's do it so that's so awesome. we've done a, a little bit of that so. that's awesome stuff and you mentioned Plunky he does he have he has some ties to Black Fire right he does yeah. so uh, I his he I'm not sure if he started that jazz label but 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 really through a lot of his music mm-hmm. that birth of that label came to fruition and, amazing and, jazz you know label. Plunky to me was you know. I, I, one of the first masterpieces, right? Mm-hmm, in, in, mm-hmm. in the in the concept in our, of our time of, of being able to, to hustle and sell your music, 
any means necessary, yep. right? So, Out of the so trunk. I, I envision Master P popping his trunk, selling those early CDs, and mm-hmm. and believe it or not, uh, Plumpy came to our shop. It's probably two months ago now, mm-hmm. and and he gave us some records, and he ran to his trunk to come back. To, it was like, hey, I got this, <laughs> and, and it was like, oh, I love it, right? And and, and awesome. so you know, uh, you know, he's just an amazing man, knowledgeable he's one of the first people who told me and you might want to look at this understanding the history of, of esp and mm. and and how they were able to make that that model work right so yeah. you know esp said you know what uh and if, if i'm gonna maybe see if i can kind of restate it uh for us it's all about the musicians you know we're not going to control you we're not going to tell you what to play we're not going to tell you how to play it mm-hmm. uh we want you to be successful so go play your music but here's the deal. We want to make some money, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we want you to make money, more money, because we understand that, it, that, that it's really about musicians. So they cut a deal where instead of the, the label getting most of the money and, and the musicians getting nothing, just the opposite. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the musicians got most of the money and the label really didn't get much, which is why it probably didn't last too long. It probably wasn't that uh, economically viable from that concept. Uh, but, but, but there's some, you know, again, I, I would, you know, if you can do a little bit of, you know, some of that research and, 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 and some of those models about how do you make a record label work? How do you get some of the best musicians in the world to come play for your label? Uh, you know, that says it all right there. If you can, if you can pull that off. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did not know that about ESP. I always thought that I didn't know that they laid the groundwork for that. That's, that's yeah, really they did. And, and their model was, you know, I, it, I don't, I don't know if it was 70, 30, but, but the musicians got most of their money. Gotcha. Uh, but the deal was they had to then pay for the 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 the, the pressing of, of their album. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that right. came out of their artists. That came thing? out of that came out of. If I'm not correct, I think that came out of their cut, mm. which is why you know some of these pressings you only have a thousand or gotcha. two thousand gotcha. because you know they're limited because they had to pay for it. Uh, but in that concept, they paid for it, but they were able to get most of that money, right? And awesome. out, out of that, so and I'm all for uh, that, uh, even though that's a really tough way to do it. Um, oh, yeah, right? I, I think that's trying to make money, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, it, and it feeds into to some of my favorite, like I said, some of my favorite jazz labels like Strata East, uh, Black Jazz out yeah. in Oakland, yeah. and Tribe, who is up in Detroit. Well, 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 think about Strata, right? One of the, the best, I wouldn't say the best, <laughs> what's probably what do you think is the most. The best-selling Stroud album. Ah, that's tough. Um, right now, off the top of my head, I would say it, it probably was something by Stanley Cow, right? Like, okay. like Musa, Musa, or yeah, something so, like so that. I, yeah. So I'm thinking it's probably probably the one that that they printed more up, right? So, so you're talking Gil Scott. Oh yeah, yeah. Right oh yeah, Bob. Winter in America. Yeah, how can I Winter forget in America? That? Yeah, yeah. Right. So that was one of their first, and and they used that if you if you hear the story of that that literally paid for Stanley Cow. That Whoa. paid for because 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 that was their bread and butter they yeah made, yeah you know that's what that's what they made their money on everybody wanted that album uh which is why that's probably the most common you're right? yeah, yeah. probably you see that one everywhere yeah. in america so many pressings of it uh than, than any other i mean you gotta you know if you, if you got a winner you gotta ride that winner yes so that winner was allowed everybody else to to come in that studio or their studio and make some good music well so. that's a model for sure that's really that that makes a lot of sense you would think it, it, you know, in today's environment where where technology is important, uh, but but social media or contacts, right? Mm-hmm. So so so, you know, if we do a show, you know, in the shop, I, I would expect that artist to promote it, right, mm-hmm, and and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. to have his following 
And so that helps us, right? So you yeah. have the artists following saying, hey, come to IG and come to HR Records. We did a show there. And so from that standpoint, you would think that model would work now because now that artist is pushing people to say, go buy that record, yeah. go buy that, go do that. And, uh, but, but the reality is it's just tough to press. It's expensive. It's tough. Uh, there are only a few pressing plants. And I heard you know, even as a few months ago that there was a back order, right? So if you wanted to press something, you got to wait a few months. It's not like you could order it now and get it next week. It's order it now and I might get it in six months, yeah, right? And so. You know, it's it's a it's it's a little different, a uh, little little different economics now. So. Yeah, and and the more and more I learn about this, the more and more I learn about the business side of the vinyl, the more and more I'm happy that I'm a part of the community because it, ah. it no seriously it it seems it just seems as if it all it, it all makes sense in vinyl. It's a very it's a very I don't want to say black and white, but it's a very clear picture of like sure how. Sure how it works and so you know the music business can be a beast it's, it's right. crazy yeah i and mean so, it seems like every tribe right yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and so uh, with vinyl it kind of simplifies it and it kind of gives you a window into like how it works how it actually operates in, inside sure. of the music industry so I and, and like, then again going back uh, you know flip that record over those liner notes i'm gonna teach you so much yep. you know about that artist about the time about life uh you know if nothing else you, you at least know who's playing on that record yep <laughs> well look man i i've taken up enough of your time i want you to get back to the kids once you get back to the right, family it, brother thank you I'm so much gonna head to the shop gonna oh take, oh well my little one to the shop i right. have a i have a trip planned back to the shop it will be uh sometime this week i think i'll be i'll be okay. stopping by so cool. uh and i'll be dropping some uh dropping some coin the last time man whew, uh my girlfriend got me a gift card so like it didn't hurt as bad yeah, but, like, yeah sure but i got some really dope stuff the last time well, i stopped on, by man. Man. well so, you know your, your, your family now we'll, we'll give you the family discount i really so. appreciate it man thank you so much for oh, your good, time brother. travis anytime man this is good i enjoy it thank you take care you too thank you thank you Bye-bye. so yeah that was our episode with charvis campbell from hr records and really enjoyed talking to him um just a note guys uh, i will be taking a little bit of a, a little bit of a break away from the show uh for the next two to three weeks probably it'll be short but not short enough i guess um there has to be uh, i'm dealing with you know some personal stuff moving all that stuff so i will be taking a break from the record spinner podcast i will be back um the anticipated date is tbd uh, I'm sorry that I don't have more of uh, more information for you, but again, it won't be long. Um, but the girlfriend reminded me that I have just been on overdrive since I kicked this thing off, and it really hasn't slowed down at all since I began. And I began back in in October or no September August of last year, 2020, and so. In lieu of that, I'll be taking a, a little bit of a break, maybe two two weeks, maybe three weeks, but I will be back. Don't miss me too much. That's been my time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Record Spinner Podcast. Travis, thank you again for stopping by, man. I really, really appreciate you. Peace. <laughs>